Do you ever think about how within like 10 or 11 decades, we and everyone we love will be gone and with us almost everything that we did or said or cared about? And how like that's just a blink of an eye in history, like more time passed between Julius Caesar and Nero than will pass between now and the death of everyone I love. And you just feel like super discouraged and hopeless and empty. But then it turns out that actually... He's just hungry and needed a pretzel. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. Well, hello, everybody. How are you? We made it. Almost halfway through this crummy year of 2022. It is June 2nd. At least that's the earliest that you will likely be hearing this if you're checking in at another time. Thank you very much for being here. In a much better mood than I was last week. But, you know, a lot can change in an hour. So we'll see how it goes. But yes, hashtag my month is here. This is the Stone On Air podcast. No, I don't foresee my mood going sour or south before this hour is over, even though I have some reasons that I could if I wanted to, but I am excited that June is here. Yes, it's hot out there. More, It seems like more complaining about it being hot in my circles. Yes, this is what happens. It gets hot in June. Um, but in case there are the new listeners that I so... Uh, uh, seek and try to find out there, which I probably very limited amount of success. Uh, my name is Brian. It's the Stone on Air podcast, and this is a weekly uh, passing parade commentary of a kind of show. Very light on politics to almost none these days, so you don't have to worry about being in an area that's going to yell and scream at you, generally speaking, but I don't know. It depends on the temperature of the room, but April and June. April and June. They're both my favorite months of the year. If I have a good April and I have a good June, then the rest of the year is house money. Because most of your year is going to suck, let's just be honest, right? It's really not going to be that good. There's pockets in there and, you know, fun stuff and your birthday and Mother's Day and all these other, you know, things pop up that are that are enjoyable. But generally speaking, most months pretty much suck. So if I can get a front-to-back, really good, consistent April and June, then every other month can suck for the rest of the year before and after that, and I've had a successful year. That's how I, that's how I grade my year. If two of the ten, the two that I want turn out well, then if I do have another month that's going to be fantastic, well, then boom, now, you know, now, again, house money here. I, it's just getting better. It's getting better all the time. So, um, so far, I have a lot of very high hopes for this month. Riverbend is coming up in a day and a half from right now. Chances are it's already started by the time you're hearing this. Hopefully not, because the second segment of the show, I'm going to give you my picks and a walkthrough with some sound, with some music, and play a little cuts from some of the bands that are going to be playing, give you my roadmap for the meek weekend, if you will. And it is a busy one, and I'm only going to two-thirds of the festival. And it's still a very, very busy roadmap and um maybe it'll give you an idea of maybe a couple of these bands you're not that familiar with you get a little bit of what it sounds like and go from there that'll be the second segment of the show final segment of the show is um just my weekend story what i did last weekend a lot went on over the course of two days some of it funny some of it silly some of it sucked terribly a lot of it was really pretty neat in, in a lot of ways. And so I'll just lay that out there. If you're like, dude, why the hell would I want to listen to what you're doing, what you were doing last weekend? And then now you're right after a segment of what you're going to do this weekend. Well, I get it. Check out, you know, or you're likely not here to begin with. So that's the last two thirds of the show. I got three pieces of audio for you. And those three are only be getting closer to any kind of heaviness um, of any of the headlines that are out there. And I'll get to that here in eh, about 10 minutes or so from right now. But just a 
checklist to run down here for the Open. Just a couple of things going on. Uh, Memorial Day just this past weekend looked to be quite a uh, pleasurable time for most people. If my social media feeds and uh, timelines were any indication, I I, I kind of feels like Memorial Day has turned into Fourth of July. Does it not seem like there was a lot of fireworks? Just personal fireworks, you know, shows. Not like big ones being thrown out. And maybe there were some sanctioned by somebody. But I was hearing fireworks all over the place and seeing people doing fireworks. And I was like, I, since when did Memorial Day become a day of shooting fireworks? I do tend to get a little irritated when people do treat it like it's like a, a celebration of the country when it's really not. I just kind of like people to understand what these holidays are for. Um, uh, thank, thank, thank you for your service. Thank you, thank you, thank a veteran today. No, this no, no. There's a day for that. This is for people who have passed away defending this country. That's what this is. It's not fireworks shows. It's not you know wear a red, white, and blue T-shirt and wear you know silly glasses and and do all this silly stuff we do on the Fourth of July. And I, I guess it can be. Who am I here to tell anybody what to do? I just I hope people understand why they celebrate what they celebrate, and don't just use it as a day to dress up like a clown and just get drunk. You know, you do that stuff if you want to, too. I just I'd hope that people understand why they do what they do. Uh, coming up in the next few weeks, I'm going to have a segment highlighting some of my favorite clips from the podcast, How I Built This. It's an NPR podcast, very, very, very boring style, just NPR, NPR style, but it is really fascinating stuff, and I've been listening to a bunch of these on tech, um, I think I've mentioned it in the last few weeks. I can't remember if I did or if I, how, how, how far in depth I went with it. But I'm in the middle of the one with uh, Jamie, whatever his name is, who uh, who invented Ring, the doorbell thing. Um, so many different ones. Discord, uh, uh, Wikipedia, you know, just all these different tech and website uh, companies over the last 20 years. And it's really, really fascinating stuff. And I will I will put some audio together in the next few weeks when there's a really light news week. And uh, I, I I can't imagine why anybody wouldn't really enjoy that show because it's first of all it's tech just blows my mind still like twenty years now of it being mainstream and I still don't understand how this stuff works even when you tell me very you know very dumbed down layman's I still have difficulty so I find it to be very very interesting so here's this is not me trying to be contrarian okay first of all Better Call Saul the middle mid season finale I don't think I mentioned this last week. Oh, my God. This is some of the greatest television I have ever seen. I might be a little bit of a prisoner of the moment right now, but it is rivaling anything Breaking Bad did. And if you saw Breaking Bad and you are not, and you liked it, like you thought it was pretty good, at least pretty good. Most people I know loved it. But if you least liked it, if you're not, if you don't watch Saul one of these days, you're doing yourself a major, major disservice. This is some of the most. Uh, brilliant television, writing, choreography, uh, 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 directing, every all the different aspects. It's, it's just, it's a marvel. It's an absolute marvel. And it's only six episodes left, and it will, it, it'll blow your mind. And it is so fantastic. So uh, there's that. So I got till July before we get to finish that. But the other day, and this is going to be the unpopular opinion of the day, it's not me just trying to be me on, you know, on steroids. Ray Liotta died. And I like Ray Liotta pretty well. Um, don't can't think of a ton of movies he's in. He's pretty prolific, but he's not, you know, he's not a superstar. He's just really good in everything that he does, I think would be most people's opinion. And uh, the first unpopular opinion I've had for many, many years, uh, Field of Dreams, I think, is a really stupid movie. I think it's a really stupid movie. I loved it when I was a kid because I loved everything baseball as a kid. But if you watch that thing and use, you know, a sophisticated grown-ass man's mind, I don't know how anybody thinks that, that that movie's any good at all. It's got a few iconic moments in it. That's fine. Uh, never, you know, so as an adult, I've never liked that movie. But so, of course, after he dies... Everybody's talking Goodfellas. You see Goodfellas everywhere. It's the greatest movie in the world. And I saw Goodfellas when I was in high school, when I was late high school. I might have been just out of it. It was in the mid to late 90s. So at that time, now a seven, eight, nine year old movie when I watched it. And everybody I know loves it. Loves, 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 loves Goodfellas. 
And so I have seen it, and parts of it I remembered, but I really couldn't remember the gist of the movie. I, I mean, it's a gangster movie, right? But that's about as far as I knew. And so I said, you know, let's sit, sit down and watch this on Friday night. And it's two and a half hours long, and I really didn't like it. I really didn't like it at all. And it's mainly because I could do a long segment on this, and I'll try to keep this as concise as possible, but... The whole design of a motion picture film is just a flawed, kind of simpleton approach to high-quality entertainment to me. I mean, if you want to have a broad audience, you have to keep it pretty simple, stupid. Like, you can't get too in-depth. You can't, you can't, this is designed for people who don't have patience and really don't want to use their brain all that much. That's why I don't like sitcoms that much. I really don't like comedies. Because I like to think a little bit while I'm watching television. I totally get somebody wanting to shut it down, shut the brain off, and just, you know, watch stupid stuff. Because I can do that, too. But, so, I'm sitting there watching it. I can't figure out why I'm supposed to be watching this. Because there's, other than Ray Liotta's character's build at the beginning, there's no real character building around any of these people. And there is, but it's done in that movie, kind of boxed into a corner way. And about an hour and a half in, I remember looking up and checking the time, and I'm just like... My God, why am I supposed to care about any of these people? I get it. Joe Pesci, how am I funny? I'm funny. I amuse you. I mean, I get all that stuff and the entertainment value of it. But I need to have a reason why. I need a start, a middle, and a finish. I need to know what the goal is here and whether there's going to be an achievement or a failure. And I'm getting none of that about a half, you know, an hour and a half in. As it approaches two hours in, it's gotten a little more depth. And I started to be like, okay. I'm starting to get it. I, I, this is getting. This is kind of good. And then the damn thing's over in 25 minutes. It's like you, it took you two hours to get good, and then as soon as it got good, it ended, and that's it. You know, there's just huge swaths of time that they just gloss over. Like four years goes by, Not, nothing happened in four years. It's going to be important to this now. So that's why I always say, if it's good enough to be two and a half or three hours, then it then it needs to be ten hours in 10 installments and be a television show or a miniseries. Or if it's good enough to be that, it should be 20 hours. Give me some depth. Give me some character development. I want to sit down and think about this. I want foreshadowing. I want to be able to dissect this. And you just can't do that in two and a half hours. Now, you can, because clearly it works for some people. It just isn't my, it's just not my thing. So, Hey, have you seen this movie? The answer normally is no. And did you like it? Unless I saw it when I was a kid and I romanticize it, the answer there is also no. So um, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, let's see. The shooting downtown, uh, people really, I, it feels like, this is going to sound weird, it feels like people are trying to, to, to piggyback the shock and outrage and just tragedy of the Texas shooting and trying to kind of equate that to something here. These are 13, 14, 15-year-old dumbass kids who have dumbass parents and, uh, or, you know, I, I don't know what happened. Clearly none of us do, but not even nearly the same thing. Whole different set of problems in America lead to things like that situation downtown. Uh, oh, my God, Riverman's this weekend. Oh, people going to be scared. There's nothing to be scared of. There's nothing to be scared of downtown it's not a scary place and um i'm not saying it's not you know tragic in its own way but that has nothing to do with gun control that has nothing to do with you know uh, uh legislation that's just crappy people and crappy neighborhoods and crappy uh, just a crappy part of the uh, of the uh, of the population, which yeah, if you want to start domino affecting it going back generations, we can have that segment and that you know that history lesson and the ways it could potentially help or further harm those kinds of communities. Um, but you know that's not what I'm here to do. And, oh, guns, guns, guns! No, that that's that's less to do about guns and more to do with poverty and American culture and societal norms and pressures and and just the the the, the erosion of generationally over the history of the of the country i would say um i guess that's just about it let's let's go ahead and get to the audio because i'm going to use this last point i have inside of these three cuts and the 
the, the national narrative has shifted really quickly now to um, the way that the police officers handled this situation in, in Texas. Now, to be fair and to make sure, you know, full disclosure here, I don't watch the nightly news. I don't watch any of the talking head shows. I've eliminated them from my life. I have filtered out my social media to where I, I only get a little bit of, of no, noise, not a lot. I don't listen to the crazies. I don't check all the trends. I don't follow it all. And I don't I don't care enough to do that. I don't want my emotional day messed up because of loud people smashing pots and pans together. But this idea that the, you know, it it kind of feels like, oh, these cops, if these cops would have done things differently, then people wouldn't have you know, the cops are not to blame for what happened in Texas. There's a hell of a lot of stuff that we can start spending a lot of time on. That is a direct issue to what happened there. Yes, procedurally, was it wrong, bad, done poorly? Yeah. But guess what? There's a town like the size of Ringgold. Go do something just disastrous in Ringgold right now and see how terrible the, the police force handles it. It goes, I'm going to be like kind of putting cops up on a pedestal and then, you know, telling them they're dummies at the same time back and forth on this. I don't think cops are superheroes. They're not, they're not supposed to die to save your life. That's not what they're here for. And nor should they be. Most of them don't pay worth a damn. Prerequisites are hardly anything. Any old dumb asshole can be a cop. To serve and protect, I guess, is probably the main motto overall. Yeah, serve and protect. Not, not put my life on the line for you. That's not what it's, this is all about. And apparently there was some kind of um, uh, training not all that long ago. But what happens when you do something for the first time that's incredibly difficult? You F it up. Any of us, all of us, we mess it up. We don't do it well. Some things you can't be trained for. That also goes back to many police officers are put in positions that they have no business being in. Hence, oh, I thought I had a taser when it really was a gun and I shot and killed somebody. First of all, you said that out loud? I don't know which is worse. If you actually thought that or you thought that was a good thing to say afterwards. A lot of police officers are stupid, stupid people. Just like everybody else. They, don't, they do not live on any kind of pedestal in my mind. They're just another American walking around with a job in this country. It's just a little bit more dangerous. Sorry. Uh, linemen have a dangerous job. Coal miners have a dangerous job. They're not heroes. They're just people that have jobs. Anyway, all that to be said, let's start with this. Um, this is the coolest thing, even though it's really not cool at all. But basically, all the radicals are cult members. Crazy lefts, crazy rights. They just bark and scream all day long. It, it, it's like a, it's like a goddamn cult. Got the left side screaming gun control. Got the right side screaming trans. I'm not gonna lie. I think both of you sides sound like a fucking cult. And the quicker these sides would understand that we're all human with the same families, maybe the sooner we'd understand that we have no problem protecting banks, but for whatever reason we can't protect our schools. Maybe it, it's a fact that we actually do care about money more than we care about our own children. If, in fact, our children's lives are priceless. But keep on dividing. Keep on bickering amongst yourself, because that sure seems to fucking work, doesn't it? Have a wonderful day. Now, this next guy is some left-leaning, uh, like, Newsmax to the right. This is something like the Young Turks, I think it's called. It, it's their version from the left. I don't... I don't even remember what this guy's saying. I don't agree with half of it, but it kind of goes along with the, the police officers thing. I'm calling it the uh, the worst idea. You know how there's ACAB, all cops are bastards? I don't know that that's true, um, and I, we've talked about that in the past. But I'm going with ACAC, all cops are cowards. Now, and I'll tell you why, that one is indisputable. It's not because they're born cowards. It's not that they're less courageous than the average person. No, they go into the police academy, and they're taught cowardice. They're taught... You are more important than the citizens. And by the way, ask a cop, if they're not lying straight to your face, they will tell you that is emphasized over and over again, protect yourself first. Protect yourself first, which is the exact opposite of what we should be training them. The whole point is you're a cop that is there to protect and serve the community, and you're supposed to prioritize the citizens above your own safety. That's the whole point of a cop. It's like telling a fireman, no, no, don't rush into a burning building, you gotta protect yourself first. Uh, well, right. then you could never do your job, right? And But we accept it as normal. 
They say it all the time. Cops will openly say, we got to protect ourselves first. Well, then you're a coward. I don't know if that's what they say. And I, you know, it starts off like, I think I might be with this guy. And then I'm like, wait, wait, what? Um, they're, he, he's saying that they're supposed to put their lives in, more important than anybody else's. Who said that? Where, where, where is that in the manual? I've never heard of that in my life, that that's the duty of a police officer. I, I, that, that's the duty of the Secret Service or something like that. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's in the manual. And this is another case of uh, here's what I would do-ism. Here, here's what I would do, guy. And that drives me so batty. It is, it is one of the, my biggest – pet peeve is not necessarily the right word, but it, just, it drives me just insane when I it's just a flood of here's what I would do, here's what I would do, here's what they should have done, here's what I would do. Oh, shut the hell up. Get, get out of here with that noisy nonsense. You're, you, speaking of cowards, absolute cowardly way to, to approach, here's what I would do. Yeah. Sure you would, buddy. And here's the last one, and then um, it's just some dude on TikTok. Uh, I'm calling it the not going to comment thing. We need to ban books. Why? To protect the children. And we need to ban the word gay. Why? To protect the children. Also, we need to ban any history that makes us look bad or feel uncomfortable. Why? To protect the children. What about guns? Should we also do something to protect children from guns? <laughs> no. I mean, how would we even do that? I don't know. Ban guns? Uh, that wouldn't work. Banning guns doesn't work. It's just that you were banning all those other things to protect children, so I just thought you'd want to also ban guns to protect children. No! Banning only works when it's something I don't like, like books or gay people. So banning guns wouldn't work because you like guns more than you like alive children. Yes! Exactly. Wait. Okay, so that's the, uh, not going to comment thing today. Alright, we'll wrap it up there, and coming up next... Riverbend is, I hope, going to be great. I have very, very high hopes that it will be. Logistically is all we got to find out next because the lineup is fantastic. And I'll give you my roadmap for this weekend's festival coming up next. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. Organizers with Chattanooga's Riverbend Music Festival announced the festival will return this summer after a two-year hiatus. The COVID pandemic has brought about hardships to many across the Tennessee Valley. And with the Riverbend Festival set to return this summer, it seems that we may be taking a step in the right direction. The three-day festival will run from June 3rd to the 5th, bringing over 20 artists to the scenic city. Headliners such as Brothers Osborne, Jason Isabel, and Cage the Elephant are all set to perform. Chattanooga's original music festival, Riverbend, is ready for a new start. The event organizer, Friends of the Festival, had to cut staff during COVID and change their business model. The festival will start at the Riverfront Parkway and Chestnut Street and extend beyond the old Jotty Bridge. There will be three entry gates and three stages. The concert series runs June 3rd to the 5th. The festival will have fireworks all three nights. Yep, I can't wait till Sunday night to see Jason Isabel. These local TV anchors, God bless them. They don't have a damn idea what's going on. Outside of Greg Glover and Cindy Sexton and a few others that have been around a while. This is L. King. Fun fact, she is the daughter of Rob Schneider, the former SNL Deuce Bigelow guy. Used to love him, except he's kind of gross these days. She is... um. On Friday, I uh, got into her a little bit when I was working over at the uh, music station, Alt 98.7. Kind of got that Amy Winehouse sound. Um, I, I, I can handle some of it. And I will not be going to Riverbend on on Friday because I got... St- I, this is a hell week. Uh, hashtag my other month is getting started off with a very, very busy uh, few days. And when I t- explain more next... Uh, next segment, some just unfortunate crap I got to deal with here too. Nothing that's not completely fixable. But uh, so I'm going to be stuck at work until late on Friday, and I'm not even going to attempt to try to go downtown to see. Um, it's really it's the weakest day. It's it's funny. You would think if if a full day really had nothing on it that I wanted, that it really couldn't be a very good festival. If I almost eliminate a whole day, it couldn't be further from the situation. And this one, the next two days are completely packed. 
But just, I mean, it's still worth doing. You know, if you got a ticket, you got your wristband, head on down. My, my guy Rick Rushing is going to be playing at 6 o'clock. Uh, L. King will be at 8.30 on the Bud stage. Uh, Devin Gafillion will be playing at 6.15. He is from East Nashville. A uh, little dad jokish thing I would, uh, on the air, would call him. Devin Gafillion, the Nashvillian. Uh, Jenny Lewis, Brothers Arms, uh, excuse me, Brothers Osborne. That's all on Friday. And then, of course, they got this Leslie Jordan uh, guy uh, doing the MCN. I mean, I know who he is. Those uh, a lot of dumb TV shows. Kind of me pretty un- unimpressed with that, but good for them and hope people think that's neat. Um, Coke stage, Bud stage are going to be facing each other. Uh, they'll rotate. I like that. I like that format. Um, the first pictures I saw of the stages going up, not, I don't know. I'm going to reserve judgment till I see it with my own eyes. A couple people were asking me like, really, these are the stages for a, a, a big time, you know, quote unquote, uh, festival. They weren't completely up yet. Again, I'll reserve judgment for the, on that, but where I will not reserve judgment is this Chevrolet stage, the Chevy stage. This thing is an embarrassment. This is a bad start for me trying to love this thing. Uh, somebody locally, I don't know who, uh, I probably do know who, and I just don't realize who it is, owns this stage. It's basically like a tr- big trailer. It's pretty nice. Technically, it is it is a nice piece of uh, whatever you call it, but it's, it's not, it's just configured weird. It's small. It looks low rent, but it's, it's a pop-up stage and it it works for certain events wanderlinger festival used it recently for what wanderlinger is that's fine uh pl- plenty of other i think it used to be the riverfront night stage for a little while for that even though that eh, that's fine that'll be okay this putting strong like a horse on on this stage i feel like is a little bit of an embarrassment um kind of a slap in the face when strong's big enough to be playing on bigger stages than that so i'm very disappointed in that but um if, if that's the worst of it, then we're going to have ourselves one hell of a weekend. Now, Saturday is going to roll around, and uh, I am super excited about this. The World Series trophy is making its stop in Chattanooga and the surrounding area this weekend. Uh, in Udawal on Sunday, I think it'll be a nightfall on Friday, maybe another stop or two in between there, and it's going to be at Riverbend on Saturday. And what I love about this so much is i got to get a picture with that gorgeous trophy. I have to. Uh, this is for ticketed members only. So if you go to Nightfall, you go to Cambridge Square in Udawah, you go to wherever else it is, that's a come one, come all, open public access. So you're going to get a lot of people. Only people can can view, I'm assuming this is a picture, a photo op thing. I sure as hell hope it is. I don't know what else it would be there for. Um, only people who have admission to, to, the, uh, to the festival are going to be able to, to do this. So that makes it a much smaller amount of people. I think it's from 2 to 6 or 2 to f- something like that. I'm going to down there early, and I'm getting that damn picture. I don't care how long I have to wait. I, uh, I'm doing that for sure. So that kicks off Saturday. Then the, the late edition uh, that came just a few months ago, or a month and a half, whatever it was, was Arrested Development added to this to opening day on Saturday, or the opening of the Saturday slate. Of course, the one song, Tennessee. I don't know anybody who doesn't like this song. It was a huge hit on MTV. Even at the time when this kind of music wouldn't have been my vibe, I still liked it. And I'd be lying to you if I uh, if I told you I know an, another single song by Arrested Development, or even if this is the original band. I don't know. I don't care. It's going to be a fun way to start. Hopefully, I'll get my picture... With the trophy, just in time to uh, to see Arrested Development. If nothing else, just to hear Tennessee. And I'm trying to talk it up to the post. There it is. That's going to be good stuff. Fun, fun stuff. So the next one here, 415... On the Budweiser stage, Nico Moon. I never heard of Nico Moon until the other day. And I, I grabbed this because uh, I don't probably plan on seeing much of this show because the communicators are going to be playing side by uh, or, or opposed to it on the crappy Chevy stage. Over on the Budweiser stage at the uh, old Jotty Bridge, this Nico Moon dude's playing. And where is it? There it is. And I promise you, 
This guy and Kane Brown hang out. If he's a, a big enough and Kane will give him the time, it's the same stuff. It's that pop country crap. Open up a cold one. Down in PCB, Panama City Beach. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. I mean, it fits. It fits for what's going on this weekend. I'm not mad about it. That ain't for me. That is not, not, not for me. But it might be for you. And because uh, obviously that kind of stuff is quite popular. The uh, mid afternoon is going to be quite interesting with this band, Moon Taxi. What's going to be the most interesting part of it is the Rage Against the Machine set from 6.35 to 7.05. So basically as soon as their set ends at 6.30. Moon Taxi along with members of Arrested Development. I think I read that right. And maybe, who knows? Uh, the, the Communicators. If they could weasel their way to TJ, if he could weasel his way into that. Uh, Moon Taxi are from, I think, Nashville, so they're pretty familiar with the area. It might help a lot, I don't know, because it's all I got. Moon Taxi's kind of that band that has five to seven songs that are really good. Really good. This would be my favorite. And then they got about 20 others that just... Yeah, kind of the same thing over and over again. Generic lyrics, but what they do, they do well. Now, this next one, it's kind of one of those artists. I think we all have this a little bit if, if we were into the music scene where you just never really get around to figuring out who they are and what they're all about. But you heard a couple songs you like, and everybody you know likes them, and they fit into the scene, and they're always at the festivals that you're at. You see them on all the festivals you don't go to, and then you pretend like you like them and you know them when, when you really don't. And that's me with Grace Potter. And she has a band, The Nocturnals. I don't know, is there a difference between Grace Potter by herself than when she's with The Nocturnals? Don't know the answer to that. And I guess to a certain degree, I'll find out this weekend. Budweiser stage, 7.30 to 9, taking it right up to dusk. If it's, this, I love this song. If her set's anywhere this kind of energy, I am going to be a very, very, very happy guy. Saturday, June 4th at Riverbend. Strung Like a Horse will overlap with it a little bit. I'll definitely peak at Strung Like a Horse at 7 o'clock. Oh, I've got them next, so I'll I'll shut up on that. Again, just trying to talk it up. Sorry. So, this is already going to be a pretty exhausting day. Starting off at 2 o'clock, waiting in line in the sun, and the weather is going to be fantastic. Hot as hell, but that's fine. It's a music festival. So by the time 7.30 rolls around, that's going to be a long day for me. And as I mentioned, since I went ahead and pulled it, I'll go ahead and play at least for a minute. Strung Like a Horse will be at 7 o'clock. Grace Potter, Potter at 7.30, so you could very easily uh, overlap those pretty well. Strung is the only band in this town that really has any kind of staying power long term. And I'm not counting Nick Lutzko because he's more of a con online content creator. He's the real deal. He's the big leagues. But Strong is, they're almost there. Now, they might be a little too niche that they might not. I don't know what am I trying to say. Rock stardom, certainly super stardom will probably elude them. But keeping this thing as a regular gig for Tyler and Dan and um, and Clay, and they have a drummer situation. I'd like to have one of them on to talk one of these days. Crispy's not with them anymore. Just found that out not long ago, which is a damn shame. Love Crispy. But 
if they want to do this for a living for the rest of their life, they're going to be able to. They'll be on the crappy, crappy Chevrolet stage, 7 o'clock on Saturday. Tyler Martelli on guitar, man. Game changer when they added Tyler. And then that leads up to the headliner of Saturday night. Um, a band I have seen one time. It was in 2017 when um, the weather was fantastic at Bonnaroo. And I was able to see, like, I mean, it, it was a joke, but it was real. More bands that year than I've seen in the prior 15. That's not an exaggeration because it was so cool and mild and no humidity. I saw bands I'd never sit in the sun to see that day, that, that weekend. Rainbow Kitten Surprise, Lord, The Weekend. Jeez, uh, I wish I could quickly remember some more. But then another one was Caged Elephant, and they played this uh, dusk till night stage or a time frame on the witch stage. And the light show they had was freaking insane. And it's, it's too hard to explain because it's not your typical, hey, I'm on acid, the lights are screwing with me. It was, lights are screwing with me and I'm not on anything. And I hope there's something that's even close to that. Um, on Saturday night, they go from 9.15 to 10.45. That is going to be fantastic. I know about a third of Cage's uh, catalog, but uh, certainly not near all of it. This is my favorite, Trouble. Got to pick up the pace here. Uh, let's see. Sunday is going to be a chiller day for me. I probably won't get there until, probably not until about 4.30. Lennox Hills, local band on the uh, crappy Chevy stage. They are, um, they're an interesting band that could maybe be a little bit closer to what could be a regular working band than I realized. They, their top song had 69,000 plays on Spotify. That's not nothing. That's not Rockstar, and that's not making a bunch of money, but that's not nothing. And that's what this one is, the top song on their uh, on their Spotify. I saw them at the Road to Nightfall two or three, four years ago now, and the first thing I thought was, this band must love Kings of Leon. Because I'm not trying to call them ripoffs or posers, but they sound a lot like Kings of Leon. It's at 4:45 on the Chevy stage. I'll let it get to the chorus here. Just get a. See what I mean? Sounds good, though. Sounds good. So overlapping with that will be this uh, this incredible husband-daughter uh, combo duo with a full band, though. It's a very diverse band with diverse sounds. And it's kind of one of the, It's frustrating to try to explain to somebody what the Warren Treaty is. Because I was going through their top songs on Spotify, and I didn't barely recognize any of them. I've seen them three or four times. It's because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the songs are. They're, they're not the most intricate songs. They're very well done and well crafted, but you know you don't need to really think very hard. It's a, it's a show. It's a presence. It's phenomenal. It's a can't miss every time. The story, I won't go into it because I can't remember it exactly of I wish I remember their names. I'm sorry. I've even talked to them. I should. I mean, I don't know them, know them, but I should remember. But his story in Iraq from 2003. I mean, it's 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 spine tingling good, and their show is just so energetic. I mean, you can't help but just it's so infectious. And possibly the show that I'm waiting, looking forward to the absolute most. Part of it is is because um, I haven't seen them in quite a while now. Uh, another part of it is Warren's getting up there in age. And then the main part of it is it's just kick-ass, raw, southern rock and roll, man. 
It is it is so much fun. If you know, you know. And if you don't, you'll find out. My my guess is you do already know that he's got plenty of originals that are great that everybody knows, but he, he's well known for his fantastic covers. This version of Don't Step on the Grass, Sam, I really hope we get a version of this on um, on Sunday on the Budweiser stage. That'll be at 7.30. It'll be an hour and a half set. Another day of hot sun and dry temps. Just really hope that these stages really pan out to be a really fun experience. Loud speakers, good sight lines, good good decoration. I have I I believe it will. My my faith is there. And then, of course, closing out the weekend, a guy I absolutely love that I could absolutely completely do without. Like, if he was not the headliner on Sunday and it was somebody else I didn't care nearly as much about, at that time, I'd probably be about tired and ready to go home anyway. I've seen Jason, is not Isabel, Isabel, I mean, countless times. I stopped counting forever ago. Uh, at one time, I could have... Convinced him that he would remember who I am. Uh, I know he know very good friends with the Bohannons here in town, who I've been friends with my whole life. Letitia Wolf, they played a lot of the same shows, and then that you know back in those days, crashing on couches and stuff. I mean, that was in our early uh, early twenties. Uh, me and Isabel are the same same age. At one time, I had his phone number. We had him on the radio show many times. Uh, I've been to shows at Rhythm and Bruise when he's played in front of literally ten people. And then now, you know, he is who he is. And I, I like the old stuff better, like the new stuff as well. Um, his sobriety is a, a complete inspiration for me. I've always said if I if I ever do dry out, if I ever do seek to, to uh, you know, to go, to go clean and not drink anymore, I, he will be the inspiration that helps me do that if I ever decide to do that. I guess it's not that inspirational yet. But anyway... It will be fun. He has a newer record out, Georgia Blue. It's all uh, cover songs, so probably get some of that. I'd love it if he gives us a nice dose of drive-by truckers. No telling. I haven't been looking at any set lists recently because I don't want to see what he's doing. I want to be completely surprised, even though he is kind of a change-it-up kind of guy occasionally. And I think Chattanooga is a special place to a certain degree for him. Of course, many places in the South would probably fall into that category. And there you go. That is the uh that's the where i'll be if you need me on saturday and sunday of riverbend and uh very 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 excited about it so now i just now told you about the weekend coming up let's get in the uh the delorean and go back in time and i'll tell you about the weekend i just had coming up next Outside of Bucky's, one of the many Bucky's here in Texas, a must-see and must-do when you do come here to Texas. And the thing is, though, there are some don'ts we have when you do visit Bucky's here in Texas. And my first don't is, don't call it a truck stop, because it's not a truck stop. It is a gas station from Texas heaven. It's like the most Texas Target you've ever met and the most Texas gas station you ever met got together and had the prettiest, most special baby ever. That's what Bucky's is, okay? So, you know, Bucky's is life is a real thing here in Texas. And the thing is, is when you meet people from Texas anywhere in the country, they will talk about Bucky's for one very specific reason, and that is don't forget to use the bathroom when you go to this gas station because honestly they get rated some of the cleanest bathrooms in the entire country like you go in there are tons of stalls and they're all spotlessly clean it's like oh my gosh 
I can go to the bathroom. There's something about this song that just reminds me of the, a lot of the people I saw at Bucky's this weekend. Don't want to die in a Super 8 motel just because someone's evening isn't going very well. As I was in the store, which I'll tell you why I was there in a minute, the song that was on while I was there that I noticed the most, heard it in a love song. A lot about that place that felt like it was could have been sung about in a love song. Welcome back in. So this weekend, yeah, this past weekend, it was uh, interesting and enjoyable and then ended terribly. Uh, So at the end of last week, I was uh, trying to make a little to-do list for the weekend and I was getting close to a thousand miles over on my oil change in my car. And since I don't work downtown, I can't just drop it off across the street like I did for 18 years. Now it's a big damn problem to try to get an oil change. And it's just something I've never had to really do. I mean, literally just park it across the street then go pick it up after work. I I forget about it. And I I don't know. Is it 5,000 or is it 3,000? As I generally drive cars that are aging, I try to stay closer to three. But I was at around almost pushing 4000 So I was like, I need to get an oil change. And so there, boom, Groupon. Who knows? It read my mind. Whatever. $21.99 for a full-service Valvoline oil change. Well, hell yeah. That's a hell of a deal. Valvoline's just right down the road from my, you know, out here in Ringgold Road. Boom. Knocked it out. Bought it. Done. All right. Seems like I, that I'm off to a good start. Well, I got to thinking... I didn't really check any fine print, and I'm usually better at that than this, but I that impulse, because of being something I knew I needed right now, and I was going to use right now, made me buy it. So I went back to look, and yep, my suspicion was right. It was a, or at least my, my thought to look was, was a correct assumption, because I, uh, it was a, a, an Atlanta-based Groupon target. For things that I have bought in Atlanta. And so the Valvoline that was closest to Chattanooga that I could go to was in Cal freaking Hoon. So I'm just like, you stupid asshole. Ugh. And so then I'm starting to think about it. All right. Well, if I just go down to the Eastridge Fast Lube, that's going to be like $45, pushing $50. Or anywhere else is going to be $40 plus minimum. Twenty one ninety nine. How many how many miles is it to Calhoun? It's forty six miles there, so ninety two roughly miles round trip. Fifteen uh, four dollars gallon of gas. It's gonna be about three and a half gallons of gas. Call it four. So that means sixteen dollars worth of gas. I'm still coming out at thirty six bucks, thirty seven bucks for an oil change. If I go down here and tack on the twenty, now we're talking closer to seventy. You know what? What the hell? Get up early. When it's still cool out, get a coffee, throw on a good podcast, and drive to Calhoun and back. Who knows? Maybe you'll have fun. And so I'm uh, on my way down. I didn't want my GPS plugged in yet because I just didn't want it annoying me. I didn't want it, you know, plugged the numbers plugged in, the address. So I was getting closer to Calhoun. I was trying to do it while I was driving, and I wasn't getting a connection. So I just said, you know what? And I'm seeing Bucky's signs the whole way down. If you know what Bucky's is, you know, you know, if you don't look it up, people are obsessed with this place. And I said, screw it. I'm going to go ahead and go. And I went in and this place is just a crazy madhouse. Now, I've been to one, but the same one before I stopped either on the way to a Braves game or on the way back. And my social anxiety just zapped me as soon as I got in the parking lot. I walked in. The store walked out. It's like, none, not having any of this. Well, since I had time on my hands, I went ahead and parked. And it was it's Memorial Day weekend. The Braves are in town. I'm already halfway to the Braves game. I mean, to, to Marietta. And my social anxiety was handling it okay. So I walked around in the store for a little bit. It is nuts. A lot of these places are, I mean, they're 50 and 60 and 70,000 square feet with hundreds of gas pumps. Um I mean, people love this stuff. Love, love, love it. So I didn't buy anything. I just walked around for a few minutes, got in the car. And as I as I walked outside, 
to go to my car. I couldn't find my car. I forgot where I parked. Have you? Can you even conceive going to a gas station, even a big travel center, and not being able to remember where you parked your car just 10 minutes before? That's the monstrosity that this that this place is. Um, I you know I so just quickly I I was hoping there was a good story about how Bucky's became what it was, uh, but it's it's not really that great of a story. They're now in Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, Florida, South Carolina, originating in Texas. I mean, when I say not a good story, it's a good success story. But I thought there might be a, a more animated thing to to how it became what it is. I couldn't really find anything that was worth grabbing and, and printing off. It does look like they. If you got anything that looks like a cartoon character in your uh, name for a convenience store or a travel center, they will sue your ass. There's a lot of different ones that they uh, they're well known for suing anybody who's got anything that looks like a cartoon character. Certainly, if it looks like a beaver of any kind. But so I would say see what the fuss is about if you're traveling through middle Georgia, swing into Calhoun's. It's kind of got that vibe of like uh, Bass Pro Shops, that kind of business model to where they create this destination, like a travel to destination that that sells a lot of stuff you can get anywhere. But just the, the fact it's a special occasion just by the fact that you're going. Like you are now having a special occasion because you have decided to to take the journey to go to this place. I sure hope they don't put too many more around here and they start to lose some of that uh, luster. But uh, hell, I don't care. Build twenty of them, whatever. But uh, thought that was neat. So then I went to the Valvoline. No big nothing there. Got it done. Threw the po- another podcast in. Drove home. I'm home by noon. I'm never up that early and had gotten that much done by noon i was sitting at champies you know doing lunch to go don't eat any of that crap there doing crawfish and having a beer and then went uh head took it to the house worked all around the house did a ton of laundry cut grass pulled weeds did all that stuff got a ton done and by the time the evening rolled around it's like my god what a nice long long day it's amazing what happens when you don't sleep till noon every day of your life uh, so that was nice. And so then I'm talking to my dad. He said, we're taking the nieces, uh, the ages. A girl is uh, six or so. The boy is uh, four or five or so. Um, taking them to the ball game on Sunday. And I thought, I, you know, that would be a nice thing to do to kind of knock out something I like to do with also being able to hang out with the kids and my um, my dad and, and, and stepmom. And, but it's it's hot. It's miserable. And... But, but, but let me rephrase that. I wasn't miserable. I don't mind it. But you could tell most people were. And and the kids, I mean, they're they're darling, cute as hell, you know, decent kids. But they're just stupid kids like all the rest of them. They're just crappy attitudes. They were mad because they didn't get to, weren't able to stay at the pool longer, even though they're going to be at the pool all the rest of the day and all day long on Monday. But uh, we're going to go to the pool. But we're getting. Ice cream and slushies and hot dogs shoved down, shoving down their throats or getting whatever they want. One minute, oh, yay, you know, because she likes the older one. She plays softball and she likes sports. And so she's not, you know, she's not well-versed in it, but enough to where she can enjoy something. But I'm hot. And so that was a little annoying. And so my dad's trying to uh, just be a grandpa style and she's not caring about any of it. And he's going on and on about how I used to be the foul ball king when I was a kid at Ingle Stadium, which I really was. I was very good at it. But, I mean, I just camped out in places I knew there would be, out in the parking lot, out in, you know, down on the left and right field lines. And when when all you're trying to do is get foul balls all game long every time, you're going to accumulate a lot of them. And, you know, players would throw them to me and stuff like that. And so she's got her glove and she wants a ball. But we're not going to get one in the stands. Even though they did hit a few kind of close – She's like, we're never gonna get one. I was like, just keep, just keep an eye on it here. Maybe, maybe we'll get one coming our way. And so I walked down to go get a beer, and I just for the fun of it went down to the right side, uh, down down the line, where on the weekends, especially you know, younger kids, twenty, thirty somethings are drinking and hanging out, and it's just a, a socializing spot. And I look, and and there's no foul territory down this line, so uh, a lot of foul balls are gonna be in this area. 
and there was nobody there. Nobody there. Very light crowd all the way around, basically because of the sun. It was just, it was a hot day. And so I went back up to the seats and I said, listen, if you want a foul ball, there's only one way we're going to do it. I can't promise you we're going to do it, but if we go down here and hang out, I'll do my best that we'll try to get you a foul ball. And, but the wall's too high. She can't see over it. So she, and you can't sit on it. They'll run you out of there if you're doing that. So it's, you know, she's just like, I can't see, you know, I'm like, Jesus, I told you, just, just give it a few minutes. If there's a foul ball, I promise you, I'm going to get it. After a while, a few more people show up and a, but then a foul ball clanks off the, off the bricks into right field. And it was just basically right straight ahead of me. I'm like, I'm like, Hey bro, for her, I'm pointed down to her and he tossed it to me. And I dropped the damn thing, but I was able to, you know, pick it up. And I gave it to her. And she was super excited for like two and a half minutes. And uh, I I got to thinking later on, I was like, I hope that's like one of those moments where she can be like, that time old Uncle Brian, which I don't make him call me Uncle Brian, but that time Brian uh, got me my first foul ball. And then she later got it signed by Louie. And it was she was happy for more than a couple of minutes. But towards the end, they just they still really wanted to leave and get back to the pool. And I, we all wanted to leave at that point. So I felt like, hell yeah, you know, Uncle Brian saves the freaking day. And um, not only did it all come together, I specifically made it happen. So I thought that was neat. And then I get home and I go back to some of the things I hadn't finished from the day before. And I finish that and the evening comes around. So I'm going to throw on my sleep pants. And I'm taking my shorts off, and like I do every night at the end of the night, take my wallet out of whatever I'm not going to wear the next day, and I reach back into my back pocket, and it's not there. I never take my wallet out of my pocket and set it down for any reason ever. And the way I know and can emphatically say that is it's got a chain on it. It's in my pocket at all times, or it's dangling from my belt partially because it was a 90s fashion thing and partially because I still think it looks good and I don't ever lose my wallet because of this. Never in my life have I lost a wallet. I don't know what happened. Somehow it must not have clipped. Somewhere it fell out of my pocket. It is nowhere to be found. And I went back to the, I called the lookouts the next day. They don't, they say, we'll get back to you. They don't get back to me. I went, I went there the day after that. And I know Rich Mazingo, the guy who runs a joint. I let me go in the building and walk around, look around all the places I was at, look at the lost and found. Nowhere to be found. And so that sucks. And the worst part about it is, is that I had just paid all my bills that day, like that at that moment, somewhere in that framework. I'd pay up at the very end of the month or very beginning of the month every time. And they're all pending my region's account. So I can't cancel that card. Or all those, all those bills will be kicked back. And most of them will have late charges on them or some kind of charges on them if it doesn't go through. So I'm having to monitor my account every you know, few, several times a day, waiting for those pending charges to go through and then to make sure that there's not erroneous charges on there. Cancel the Amex. Already went to the DMV, which was surprisingly easy. To get a new ID, I've got a paper one now. Waiting 20 days, I'll get a new ID. Um, there was 40 or $60 cash, at least 40 So if somebody found it, they probably pulled the 20 out and tossed it in the garbage can or something. Who knows? But that sucked. <laughs> that sucked a lot. And then yesterday, on the second part of my house, the above-the-garage apartment, which isn't that important, but I still need it to be air, uh, uh, climate-controlled, the goddamn window unit went out. It was frozen, rock-solid piece of ice behind it. So I pulled it out. I'm trying to clean it up, see if I can't get it get it working, watching a bunch of YouTube videos. So I got plenty of reasons to be irritated, but I'm not going to let any of those get in the way of a fantastic festival coming up this weekend. And uh, my month, my other month, is officially underway, and I am very, very uh, excited about that. So the excitement, the fun, and the optimism is outweighing the crappy stuff, the long hours at work, the uh, the air conditioning busted, and the wallet gone. And I, I have no I have no credit card. I have no I have no money. Uh, I luckily had a couple of twenties sitting here at the house, so I'll have that all taken care of. Hopefully by uh, by the weekend. And there you go. 
Thanks for making it this far in. A little bit less than an hour. I was trying to shorten this one up a little bit, and I think that's a pretty good place to end right there. Enjoy yourself down at Ross's Landing if that's where you are this weekend. If you see me, come by and say hello. All right? See you later. Bye. Travel on my left, travel on my right. I've been facing trouble almost all my life.